Welcome to One to Watch Wednesday featuring independent and emerging artists from across Canada. My name is Sarah Scott. Thank you for listening. One to Watch Wednesday is sponsored by DRC Music. They're here for all your entertainment needs. Live music is coming back again and when you want to have a show, think of DRC Music first. They believe in live music for all and they specialize in small intimate concerts close to all our homes at a fair price with well-known Canadian artists. Contact DRC Music today. This week, the spotlight is on an incredible folk pop artist out of Edmonton, Chloe Albert. You're going to learn all about her and you're going to hear about her brand new album, Come Around Again, which is available everywhere now. And you're going to hear two songs off that album, Die Trying and Come Around Again. I'm pretty darn excited for this episode, so let's get right on into it. Super excited to have you here this afternoon. Let's talk about Chloe. Who are you? And tell us a bit about your music and your background. Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, you'll have to cut me off if I talk too much then. Um, (laughs) Where should I begin? Well, I'm from Edmonton, born and raised Edmontonian. I've always kind of been surrounded by music and played music. I took piano lessons as a kid and violin lessons. And my mom always had a a guitar kicking around our house. And um, she would play kind of around the campfire and with her cousins. And in the 70s, <laughs> I remember just right around when I was a teenager was kind of when when Lilith Fair started. I was I remember just being really kind of inspired by that whole scene and got my mom to show me a few chords on the guitar and bought my first guitar when I was, I think, around 15. Someone told me that I was 13, but I remember 15 anyway, and just started slowly writing songs. And, you know, I always grew up going to folk festival, like the Edmonton Folk Festival every year and my family were big music fans and then eventually I I went to college for a year just kind of in a bachelor of arts program and I remember just feeling like I knew I wanted to do music but I didn't know sort of how I didn't know how I was how to do that or to make that happen and I would like play open mics and stuff all the time but I just really didn't know what the next step would be to try to pursue music further so anyway eventually I ended up taking um, the music diploma at McEwen which is now McEwen College which is now McEwen University and that's kind of what got me on the road to pursuing music kind of professionally as a career I kind of it was kind of there that I realized you know you don't necessarily need a big record deal or to play music for a living like just to be kind of a working class musician and that that idea really excited me that prospect I learned about grants there too and I applied for some grants and was able to fund my first album and start trying to figure that out Wow, that is quite the story. I love that story so much. So what have been some of the best pieces of advice that you've gotten throughout your career? You have taken it in school, you have worked on collaborations with people, you have been in the industry for quite some time. Oh, that's a great question. I've never been asked that before. You know, ironically, probably some of the best advice I've received, I didn't receive it when I got it, if that makes sense, but Mm -hmm. it sort of kicked in later, (laughs) years later. I think the best advice is largely really practical advice, like make sure you've got all your stuff set up, make sure you have a website, make sure every every show you're you're keeping an email list of people and, and having people sign up on an email list. Because for the first several years when I was pursuing music kind of in the beginning, as a job, I didn't do any of that stuff. And later when I did start to figure that stuff out, it, it made a world of difference. And it was the reason I was able to and have been able to kind of play music for a living in the last five, six, seven years was from doing those little things, because you don't know how long you'll be independent or how fully independent you'll be or what kind of a team you'll have around you if you, if you want to have a team. And so I think just like taking note of those things, which in the beginning, like I say, when you're sort of just want to be an artist and you're focused on the creative 
creativity and you want nothing to do with that stuff. But it's one of the best advice I received for sure. That's some really great advice. And you have been a staple in the Edmonton music scene since the release of your debut Canadian Folk Music Award winning with Dedicated State in 2008, which we're going to talk about here in a couple of minutes. But you said that you got your inspiration from Lilith Fair and of course the Folk Festival. And it sounds like from a lot of folk artists. So who are some of your musical inspirations and who do you look up to? Was there a certain performer that you saw on stage or on TV that really stood out to you that said, yep, I want to be just like them or any song that maybe you wanted to aspire to write a song like? For sure. There's so, so many and it and it's always changing, of course, over the years as you discover new artists. But like from an early age, you know, I mean, I grew up listening to, of course, my parents' music. So a lot of classic stuff like the Beatles, Jimi Hendrix, Joni Mitchell, Neil Young, all that kind of stuff. Michael Jackson, <laughs> which is all really, really good music. My parents loved all kinds of music. Um, my mom loved Celtic music. So I really did grow up loving all kinds of music. But then I think when I sort of decided it was the thing I wanted to do, you know, it was largely a lot of the female performers that were coming out at the time. I was a huge Stevie Nicks fanatic, I think, as a teenager. And, you know, some of her songs, Leather and Lace, were some of the first songs that I learned. And I remember watching Fleetwood Mac documentaries and stuff like that. But, you know, Sarah McLaughlin, Cheryl Crow, I was a huge fan of, still am. I remember thinking that that was pretty similar to, you know, the kind of career I would love to have. Gosh, there's so many. I mean, there's artists that I'm a fan of. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Sarah Bareilles. I'm a huge fan of Anais Mitchell. And they're, they're kind of all over the place. Those are some great inspirations, such powerful female voices right there. And you're emanating that en- energy as well throughout your songs and throughout your presence on social media from what I've seen. So I just love your stuff. And I think that's great here. And we are going to talk about your award nominations and your award wins here. And of course, your stage presence. But first, I want to play your song, Die Trying. So we're going to play the song here in a couple of seconds, but I want you to tell us a bit more about Die Trying and how you wrote it and the inspiration behind it. Yeah. So, I mean, that song and video pretty clearly in the video kind of about a relationship that's struggling and sort of, I think so many people, at least in the lifespan that I've lived, it's pretty common for people to be in a situation of at one time or another in their lives of like riding that line of, I actually use the analogy of I've always driven really old vehicles and you know, there's, there comes a point with your old vehicle where you're like it needs a repair and you're like gosh do I sink another like grand into this or should I just scrap this and get a new <laughs> one so the song is kind of about that tipping point where you're in a struggling relationship and you're just not really sure if, if you're supposed to kind of keep working through these things or if you're supposed to just let go and so I think overall that song you know relationship or otherwise like that's a question that I find myself asking a lot whenever I come up against a conflict in my life or a, you know something that I'm trying to figure out or a problem, I often ask myself, like, is this the thing that I'm supposed to work through and learn from? Or is this the thing I'm supposed to let go of? And, and it's sort of figuring that out. And I wrote this song a couple years ago. This is Die Trying by our guest, Chloe Albert.
she catch this train See what's coming trying by our guest chloe albert so we have to talk about the fact that you have a ton of award nominations and a couple of wins in there as well as mentioned huge part of the edmonton music scene but you've gone national as well your album got the canadian folk music award dedicated state in 2008 your sophomore album Dreamcatcher, earned you more critical acclaim with a juno award nomination for adult contemporary album of the year and a western canadian award nomination and multiple music awards from edmonton's music awards that is incredible how does it feel to be recognized this way throughout the country oh thank you well i mean it, it feels incredible i mean i remember my first award nomination was the canadian folk awards in 2008 and that was in some ways the most exciting of all just because i was and still am like a, a fully fully independent artist i don't have a manager an agent nothing so you know and i remember kind of hearing about the folk awards and throwing an application in and you know just kind of forgetting about it i think yeah to receive that kind of recognition and having sort of done it on my own just felt really good i felt proud and i felt honored and i felt excited it sort of felt like the music was able to have legs of its own i remember someone in the community sort of commenting like geez chloe doesn't even have a website what's going on here yeah so anyway it it always feels incredible to get recognition i think as artists for me at least i do music because because I truly love it, of course. But if nobody enjoyed it, then, you know, I probably wouldn't do it quite so much. <laughs> you know, you do it to make people feel good and you hope that it touches people and moves them. And so ultimately any of that recognition is just feedback saying, you know, you're doing a great job and we're, we're loving what you're doing. And so it means a whole lot. Well, all of those recognitions are super well-deserved. Absolutely. Congratulations on all of those. And on top of that, you have been asked to open for world-class artists such as Katie Lang and Lyle Lovett, both legends right there. And you have been a repeat performer at the very prestigious Edmonton Folk Music Festival. Now, when you're playing beside these heavy hitters like Katie Lang and Lyle Lovett, how does it feel? And do you kind of learn anything from it? Do you get inspired by it? What's it like for you? It's funny. It, it definitely depends on the day, on the, on the week. You know, for me, playing the Edmonton Folk Music Festival was 
was huge. I was partly, you know, really nervous because I literally grew up going to that festival every year. And so I, I like put a lot of pressure on myself. And I remember our, the band I was playing with at the time, the first time I played, you know, we hadn't played a whole bunch together. So we were sort of still working stuff out. And at the same time, especially funny thing that people wouldn't think of, you know, playing kind of really incredible venues like that, whether it's a, the Jubilee Auditorium or a festival is everything is so top notch you know the sound is top notch like the people you work with are top notch and it's all just just overall a really positive great experience and so that feels really good you know i can remember playing a show at the arden theater with some women that i love and admire so that was rose cousins mary gautier and Lori mckenna you know at that time i was performing a lot i was performing all the time i was i was having like possibly one of the best years of my career um, so i was feeling good feeling confident but i just remember walking out onto that stage with those women we all walked out at the same time and we did sort of a songwriter in the round and i was just beside myself nervous like i almost couldn't look at the crowd i was almost in tears <laughs> Oh, gosh. So it just depends, you know, and then I remember playing the Edmonton Folk Festival another time on the main stage and just walking out and feeling cool as a cucumber. And um, so it, it just depends. It's it's not so much on who my company is, but sort of how I'm feeling that day. Now, you have been known for your dedication to the music community and collaboration. Tell us about your dedication to collaboration. Why do you love it so much? It's neat. For so many years, I played just as a solo artist and then um, started to kind of embrace in, in a writing environment, this sort of more collaborative approach. I think I just was a bit shy before and, you know, it takes a certain amount of vulnerability to be co-writing with. So it took me a while to get comfortable with that. But I quickly realized that you open up many other artistic and creative opportunities and things that you create are a whole new thing. You know, you get kind of, I was getting kind of tired of, of my own thing because we all have sort of our own sound and and that's great. Yeah. As soon as you're in collaboration, it's a whole other thing. And so, um, and as far as the community goes, the Blue Chair Cafe in Edmonton is it's sort of where I, I was able to transition from, well, basically from waitressing for a living to playing music for a living. And funny enough, I actually, I worked there as a waitress, but it was there that I, you know, was collaborating all the time. I played in the restaurant, had a house band, which is pretty funny and pretty fabulous. So I played in the house band there and there was five of us. And I would often hop up on stage when we had, when I was, you know, working, waitressing, and we would have guests come and play at the restaurant. And sometimes I would go up and sing a song with them. And I just felt like for a few years there, it was just collaboration all the time and just really love it. For sure. And collaborating with many different artists and many different community members leads to so much new stuff and so many new sounds and so many new ideas. And I got this off your website and I found it quite interesting and I quite enjoyed it. It says, Chloe Albert is not interested in fitting easily into one simple category, nor her talents limited to a single sound. I absolutely love that. So how do you work on continually working on your sound and working on your music? And how do you kind of blend all of your influences into your work? That just happens kind of naturally. I think, you know, as I mentioned, I grew up listening to all different kinds of music. Mm -hmm. I feel like most people now do. I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm wrong on that, but I feel like the landscape musically is, you know, there's a lot of artists doing sort of, you know, what they call crossover, you know, from country to pop or whatever it is. <laughs> and I think it's because we've all kind of grown up now listening to all different kinds of music. And I remember when I was making my first record, someone sort of saying like, hey, like your songs are a little bit all over the map. You know, you've got some soul stuff going on. You've got some 
bluesy stuff. You got some country, some folk. <laughs> you might want to consider narrowing that down. And I remember just at the time feeling like a stern no about that. <laughs> and I was conflicted about it for many years because I can understand sort of from an audience perspective, wanting to have a, a quick and easy grasp on like, who is this girl? But over the years, I've seen so many artists, some of my favorite artists, you know, like Martin Sexton, I love so much and Amos Lee and Oxley Workman. Those are all three of those men. <laughs> I have seen in concert and literally some of them played to that strength. I remember Hoxley Workman putting on this incredible show where he actually changed his outfits throughout and he started to go along with sort of the genres that he was doing. It was all his own material and it's stuff he had written over several years. And now I just, as far as songwriting, it happens naturally. I guess now where it's fun, where you get to really sort of decide which direction your song is going to take can happen in the production phase as well, which I had a lot of fun with on this last record. So my second single, I worked with a pop producer for the first time. And so as opposed to what I've always done, which is go into the studio and record sort of real live instruments live off the floor, I had basically sent him my vocal and percussion part that I played on my guitar and he built the track around it. And that was so fun and such an entirely different experience. And I and I loved the sound and I love pop music too. So it was fun to, to make some. For sure. Well, what I love about the music industry over the last couple of years specifically is that it has opened opened so many doors for so many artists to experiment and test out new sounds and test out new work and new projects and see where they really fit in or maybe just see where they might want to try out next. So I think that is amazing. And so before we talk about your next single, we're actually going to talk about your album here, Come Around Again. Tell us a bit about the album. It is a profound and playful selection of songs fit to keep one company on a long winter night or a carefree summer drive. That's how it is described. So what are you trying to encapsulate in this album? And tell us a bit about it. Yeah, well, I mean, it's been eight years since I released my last album. So I mean, I've had a lot of time to these songs have been written over several years. And so they're kind of an eclectic mix. And staying true to what uh, what it says about me there in, in the bio, I, I really just felt like I wanted to do what I wanted to do. So, you know, there's a song on there that that's just an instrumental. Both of my grandmothers are still here and they, funny enough, live on opposite coasts. So one is in Vancouver and one is from Quebec and they're both 93 years old. And my grandmother on the East Coast, she's been struggling with her health lately. And, and I've been thinking about her a lot. And I kept coming to the song on the piano that I was trying to write a French song for her because she's French and I thought that would be fun but I I just couldn't find the words funny enough I I had written a song just didn't feel right so I ended up leaving it as an instrumental and I had Christine Hansen who's an incredible cellist from Edmonton here play on the track played some harmonica and so there's an instrumental track that's sort of very much in the folk realm I've got a song on there called goodbyes that's sort of about vulnerability and I'm a crier I've always been and I'm sort of realizing now as an adult as I look back like a really sensitive kid that song kind of makes me smile it's kind of written about all the different scenarios in my life where I've had to come up against sort of big vulnerability and just kind of how I would navigate that and that one means a lot to me I wrote that with my friend Danielle Kennebi and yeah and then the two singles and so yeah I would I would describe it as kind of an eclectic mix now one of the songs that you did also release from the album is also called come around again dang this is such a good <laughs> Good song. I love this song. So we're going to play it here now in a couple of minutes, but tell us about this song and what it means to you. Yeah, this song, you know, it's funny. I, after I had my first son, I went on a trip to Nashville, basically booked myself sort of a songwriter retreat. I don't know if you've heard of Jonathan Brooke, but she's 
another sort of folk American singer songwriter that I love. And she was sort of running this workshop. And this song was born there in Nashville, where she gave us this little fun exercise to run out into the hallway and write a song in 15 minutes. And the chorus of this song happened there. And then I kicked around with it for about a year. I took it back home here and I had it and I just couldn't figure it out. I ended up finishing it with a friend of mine, Danielle Knibby. And it's sort of reminiscent of, you know, I worked in cafes a lot and, and in kind of just customer service a lot. And, you know, sometimes to kill the time, you might sort of have your eye on a, someone who comes in, <laughs> comes in, you're wondering when you might see them again. And that was sort of the inspiration behind that one. Perfect. And wonderful. Well, I'll get you to introduce the song here as we wrap things up. Hey, I'm Chloe Albert, and this is Come Around Again. I am headed home with the scent of coffee clinging to my skin. I wonder if you know of you since you first walked in A foot of counter space feels like such a great divide And every time you go I'm left with one thing on my mind When you're gonna come around again
song Come Around Again. You can get Die Trying and Come Around Again on her latest album, Come Around Again, which is available everywhere you buy, download, and stream your music right now. All of her music is available everywhere there as well. And you can check her out on all social media platforms as well as her website, ChloeAlbert.com. Big, big thank you going out to Chloe for hanging out on One to Watch Wednesday this week, brought to you by Studio B and sponsored by DRC Music. DRC Music, they are here for live music. I love them because they have a passion for supporting good music and helping you put on one heck of a show. Live music, it is coming back. When it does, make sure you get this exceptional team for their exceptional live show experience. Make sure you contact DRC Music about their services. You can visit them on Facebook or you can give them an email today. My name is Sarah Scott. Thank you so much for listening and have a great rest of your day.